welcome to another edition of Sanctified Reason. Sanctified Reason is a podcast where we take a look at the things that go on in this world through a biblical perspective. I'm Son Needham, along with Dan Delzell. Dan is a pastor at Redeemer Church in Papillion, Nebraska, also an author who has written many articles that can be found on thechristianpost.com and other places. And Dan, you know, we've been, we've been doing this podcast now for a while, and we've been talking about various things, and some have to do with politics, some have to do with religion, some have to do with just other things out there, pop culture, but we always look at it through what the Bible has to say. We'll go to Scripture to try to find out exactly how it is that we should look at things and, and what it is that we should respond to and how we should respond to them and things like that. And, you know, oftentimes we've discussed things about the Bible. For example, I brought up one time how working on a Christian talk show, we did a topic about, is Jesus the only way to get to heaven? Because Jesus said, you know, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me or but by me, depending on your uh, biblical translation. And we did a whole hour-long phone call segment about people that denied that Jesus was the only way to get to heaven. There was many other ways, according to people, and these people were supposedly die-hard, lifelong, Bible-believing Christians. And then, you know, you take a look at other things, and then you've got uh, people with different perspective on things. But a couple weeks ago, we had talked about, or the story had come out, that Little Nas, who is a an, a singer, musician, uh, came out with a, a new song called Montero. And with this song was a video and the video is of him basically in essence he goes to heaven realizes that's not the place for him takes a stripper pole slide down to hell ends up giving satan a lap dance ends up killing satan and puts the horns on his own head so basically a lot of demonic imagery a lot of satan you know defeating satan and i guess maybe becoming satan himself i don't know um, but along with this he had a, a shoe that he released in conjunction with a marketing company a brand that put together this like satanic shoe and it would have a pentagram on it. The shoe was red. It was a Nike shoe. Nike distanced themselves from it and eventually sued, I guess, little Nas. But, um, there's a drop of human blood in the soul. So kind of all this kind of, you know, popularized satanic stuff was put into this shoe. There were 666 pairs that were sold for over a thousand dollars each. So a lot of money was made there. Um, but, you know, some people said it was just a branding concept to go along with the, the video. Others say, you know, he's dealing in the demonic and that we should stay away with that or stay away from that. But the big thing here is that, you know, much like people will sit there and say there's more than one way to heaven, even though the Bible says and Jesus says, I am the only way, people, I think, oftentimes dismiss just really the true nature and the, and the, like the sincere nature the seriousness of, of Satan and the demonic and things like that. And so just using Little Nas's Satan shoes, I thought maybe we could explore the questions of, of Satan and what he's like today and kind of delve into this person and this persona that people seem to think that Satan is. Yeah, you know, Son, it's really striking that uh, Little Nas there obviously doesn't have um, an awareness of of really what he's dabbling with. It kind of reminds me of other things in our culture. You know, there's this movie out that I would never watch, but it's called Ouija and, and dealing with Ouija boards. And, 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 you know, there are plenty of things with the occult that um, a person should never dabble with because you're opening up the door uh, into the demonic realm and, and, and demons then starting to oppress you. Uh, well, you know, Lil Nas here with what he calls these Satan shoes is, is uh, more than just dabbling with, uh, you know, uh, Satan's name, but he, he's really playing with fire here. You know, um, it, it makes me think, you know, what if like, say back in 
for example, 1944, uh, a, a Jewish man in Germany had come up with a, a marketing plan to make some money. And, and he said, I'm going to make some shoes. I'm going to call them Hitler's shoes and, and I'm going to sell them and, and so on and so forth. You say, well, no Jewish man would ever have done that for, for many reasons. And, and that's right. I know no one would have. And, and yet, you know, when we're talking about Satan, we're talking about a being son who is easily a thousand times more evil than, than Hitler. I mean, you can't even quantify how evil he is. Now, he's similar to Hitler in that um, he can only be in one place at one time. Uh, he's not omnipresent as God is, uh, but he does have, um, you know, uh, many fallen angels uh, that are um, working for him. You know, the Bible tells us that a third of the angels got kicked out of heaven when when Lucifer rebelled in heaven and, uh, you know, he was no longer content um, to just worship God. His heart became proud on account of his beauty, if you can imagine that. Um, and then Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. So Jesus saw all this happen, obviously. Uh, in fact, Jesus created, uh, you know, the angels. I mean, he, he created the earth. He created us. I mean, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, um, God is three persons in one God. Um, Satan does not rise to that level. He rises to the level of angel, and, and, and yet he's below the holy angels. Um, the holy angels um, kept their place of authority. Uh, the holy angels did not rebel uh, along with Lucifer. So um, these Satan's shoes are really you know, celebrating a being that is pure evil, um, that hates people. He especially hates uh, you know, Jews and Christians. I mean, he hates Jews because, you know, Jesus... Uh, Jesus came as a, as a Jew uh, because God, uh, you know, chose the Jewish people uh, in, in the Old Testament, you know, to be his people. And, and he hates Christians because um, Christians are, are those who have God dwelling within them through faith in Jesus. And, and rather than a, a drop of human blood in some shoe, the soul of some shoe, uh, Jesus shed his blood for the souls of men and women and, and children. And, and so he died for us. So. Um, yeah, it, it's quite striking that um, this, this rapper, Lil Nas, would, would, would decide to go that route. But it really, I guess, shouldn't surprise us because uh, many people have been duped by um, the one the Bible calls the God of this age with a small G. Uh, he, he's the prince of demons. Um, and, and many have been duped with, uh, by him. Uh, but the Bible does warn us of his power and, and uh, that we're to resist the devil and he will flee from you. And, and really, son, you know, there's no better way to resist the devil than with the gospel, with the word of God, with the blood of Jesus, with prayer. Um, you know, the, the demons were terrified whenever Jesus came around and, and they knew that he could cast them out of people that they had possessed and so forth. And, and so Satan knows that his time is, is short. But I, I guess in the meantime, there'll be those who gravitate toward him. They gravitate to the toward the darkness rather than the light, and in the case of Lunas, they even try to you know make make a buck on it, which is just fine with Satan. I mean, he doesn't mind that uh, that that uh, you know going on at all in his name. You know, Dan, you mentioned some pop culture things, and I think of the TV show that came out a few years ago called Lucifer. You know, and I, I never watched it, so I don't really know much about it. But it was uh, you know the concept of having the devil come back and apparently be a likable guy, and there tends to be some sort of 
pop culture, at least there was at one time, kind of like this pop culture trend to try to make Satan this, you know, trendy guy, this this thing. And and you, you've heard throughout the years different musicians and celebrities and people talk about, you know, going to hell and partying with all their friends and, you know, kind of making light of the situation. You know, I think there's many artists that have done that, talked about that. And even in, in music, you know, there's been a lot of, you know, satanic imagery in music, especially in rock music and stuff. And, you know, it's just... Do people, are people really missing out on the significance and the seriousness of what it is that they're just kind of, I don't want to say mockingly putting out there, but they're not really taking it serious because, you know, on the flip side, people also, you know, will mock Christianity. They'll mock the, the fact that people believe something and they'll say, you know, Hey, you believe in something that we can't see. There's nothing tangible about this. It's just some hokey religion. It's something made up. You know, it's, it's the supernatural, you know, it's fantasy land, but yet then they'll kind of take that and do the reverse with Satan. And there's, there tends to be a little bit more, not really reverence per se, but like seriousness. Like even though they joke about it and going to sell shoes and, and do videos and things like that, it seems like people will take and believe more so in a Satan, but a good Satan, a party down in hell Satan, but yet they'll dismiss Jesus and all the good things that he has. Yeah. I think it really comes back to the fact that there are so many uh, in our world today and, and so many right here where we live in America who are not um, living with a biblical worldview. Um, they, they don't see the world the way God presents it in the Bible. They don't see the world the way it, it really is. Um, and, and, and some of those people are religious. Uh, you know, for example, um, when Jesus was talking to uh, some Jewish folks in John chapter 8, um, you know, they were, they were pointing to Abraham as, as kind of their, um, you know, the guy that, that assured them that they were connected to, um, to, to God and so forth. They said, Abraham is our father. And, and, and so they, they felt like their religious pedigree, that, that they were, were born Jewish and, and were living as Jewish people and following the traditions. They felt that that somehow um, qualified them before God. And yet it's so striking what, what, what Jesus himself said to these Jewish people whom he loved. Uh, he, he came here, you know, for, for Jews and Gentiles. But, but he, he told them, he said, if you were Abraham's children, then you would do the things Abraham did. As it is, you are determined to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. And, and, and so um, they, were, they were not filled with, with love. Um, they were not filled with, with faith in Jesus. They wanted to kill him. And, and the Bible says the thief, referring to the devil, comes to steal and kill and destroy. And so the proof that, that, that they were not connected to God was, was that desire to kill Jesus. And, and, and Jesus just told him flat out, he said, you are doing the things your father does. Uh, he said, um, if God were your father, you would love me. I came from God and I'm now here. Um, uh, so, I mean, what a clear statement, Son, on um, one of the key marks of a Christian. You know, if, if God were your father, you would love me. So, so what we can say unequivocally, Son, is this. Um, if a person is a Christian, he or she will be um, uh, having a love for Jesus. Now, now, you know, when you first start into the relationship with the Lord and you trust him as your Savior, you know, it's just getting started. But, but um, you know, even in a, uh, let, let, let's say, a courtship uh, be, be, between um, two people. Um, you know, in fact, I just had uh, the first uh, premarital counseling session with 
our oldest child, uh, our daughter, um, and her fiance, they'll be getting married this fall. Um, but, um, you know, they've been, they've been dating for three years. And so there's obviously love there, but it's love that's going to keep on growing, um, as it does in, in relationships as my wife and I have experienced now for, for 30 years, you know, that's the way it works. But when you walk down the altar, you already have love, uh, for the one you're marrying. Um, when you believe in Jesus, you already have that, a, a love for him, but that love is growing. And, and, and Jesus said, if God were your father, you would love me. So one of the, 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 the things that, that proved that those Jewish people um, were, were not connected to, to Jesus, but rather to, uh, to Satan, um, is, is because they wanted to kill Jesus. And, and he said to them, um, why is my language not clear to you? Because you're unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil. Um, so referring to their spiritual father. Now, you know, so we can't even imagine how uh, a Jewish person in Jesus's day who they, they felt they had it all. They had the pedigree, you know, uh, they had the credentials they felt. Um, and then for this carpenter to come along and say to them, uh, not only, are, you know, is Abraham not your father? Uh, not only is, is, is God not your father, but you want to carry out your father's desire um, and, and, and your father is the devil. So there's a lot we could say about that. But um, when, when, when people joke around about the devil or, or this or that, what, what, what they don't understand, son, is that Satan is out for souls, uh, not the kind of little mouse is trying to sell, but, but the immortal soul of human beings. And, and he doesn't care if, you know, he, he, he doesn't care if you don't think about him at all. He doesn't care if you make light of him. Um, he just doesn't want you to understand what defeats him and who defeated him at the cross and how the blood of Jesus gives us victory over Satan. He doesn't want people to know that. So as long as he can get people on some other, you know, tangent or like what Lil Nas is doing um, and, and remain clueless and remain blind to the gospel, hey, he, he's got a person right where he wants them. You know, Dan, we know that when it comes to the Bible, the Bible lays out everything that's happened and that's going to happen when it comes to Satan. It talks about, you know, in the end, the defeat of Satan. We know that our purpose as Christians, and the Bible talks about that the ultimate desire for God is for all of us to join him in heaven, but he gives us a choice in the matter. It's not just we're not robots running around and we're not predestined, as some might believe, where you're going to heaven, you're going to hell just based on who you are. Um, but it's a choice that we make. And so, you know, our job and, and the reason why we are here is so that we can, you know, ultimately serve God and go to, to heaven and spend all eternity with him. And so we kind of have the idea of what Jesus is about. We have an idea of what God is about and what the purpose or our purpose is for them, if that makes sense. And so we know that Jesus came, died on the cross to save us from our sins. And all we have to do is believe and we will be saved and spend all eternity in paradise. And so we know what Jesus is about. We know what God is about. You know, we know what the Holy Spirit is about because the Bible tells us. But really, what is Satan about today? I mean, there, what's his purpose? Because I think that's one of the things that a lot of people kind of miss out on is, you know, you see these TV shows and these Netflix series and people try to portray Satan as maybe an everyday type of person. Maybe there's some good in him. Maybe there's some bad in him. Maybe there's a little bit of both, you know. Um, but really, what is it? that he is out trying to do today? Because you mentioned he's not everywhere at one time. You know, he can only go certain places at certain times. You know, one is right. he's, he's not, he's, you know, he's, he doesn't have the powers of God, so he can't be everywhere and do all that. So 
what is it? What's his purpose? You know, what is it that he's actually trying to do today? And maybe that would give people perspective on exactly who it is that we're making light of. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, son. And I think one of the things we can say about Satan is like Hitler, um, Satan is consumed with hatred and, and, and so if we, if we try to understand, you know, what he's about, um, you know, he hates God uh, because he wanted to be God and he got kicked out of heaven. Uh, he hates God's people. Um, he, hates, he, he, hates, he hates Jews. He hates Christians um, because we uh, who know the Lord uh, are forgiven uh, through faith in Christ. Um, and he's already got unbelievers kind of in his back pocket. You know, the Bible says the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. So we as Christians have to be very compassionate toward those who don't believe because they have a supernatural being that is blinding their mind. Um, and until they believe, they will remain um, under his ultimate control and captivity. Uh, so, so the people, I, I think, to answer your question, Son, that Satan is really consumed with today um, are Christians. He, he tries to work his way into churches, into Christian homes, into Christian hearts if he can. Um, he, he, he tries to undermine God. He, he offers up counterfeits. Uh, he tries to disrupt revival when it's going on. He tries to disrupt Christian churches and Christian marriages and Christian families. Uh, he, he, he comes to kill. Um, he's always lying. In fact, Jesus said not only uh, he was a murderer from the beginning, um, not holding to the truth, for there's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Um, so uh, to answer the question, what is he about today? Um, well, uh, his, you know, his work, um, I suppose could be compared in a way to, um, you know, let's say a, a gang in, uh, on the streets of Chicago who they, they have their arch enemies or some other gang. And so it's like, they live to just, um, destroy, to kill, uh, the gang members, uh, that are their arch enemies. Um, Satan lives to try to destroy his arch enemies. Now he knows he's not going to destroy God, um, you know, uh, Satan in some ways is like a, a pit bull on a chain, and God is holding the chain. I, I mean, the only reason he, he's not yet in the lake of fire um, is, is, is because that time has not come yet. You know, in Revelation 20, verse 10, which, by the way, son, is a great verse uh, for a person to remind Satan of. If he ever comes to a Christian to remind you of your past, trying to make you feel guilty, trying to put condemnation upon you, you know, well, you remember what you did and blah, blah, blah. Well, when Satan comes to remind you of his past, pull out Revelation 20, verse 10, and remind him of his future. Because that verse says, And the devil who deceived them was thrown near the lake of burning sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. They will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Now, he's not yet in the lake of fire. Um, he's not yet being tormented day and night uh, forever and ever. Uh, right now, he's like a pit bull on a chain. Now, you know, we could talk all day and say, Well, I wonder why God you know, allows him right now to be the God of this age, to have so much influence. Um, and, you know, that's God's call. I mean, he kicked him out of heaven. He had nowhere to really go. You know, it's funny, son. A lot of people, I think, you know, have this idea, and many of us, I'm sure, growing up, we think, well, you know, we see these images and, and watching TV or movies, and, well, Satan's kind of like ruling his, his force, and he's down there in hell, you know, calling the shots. But what's interesting in the Bible is this. Um, the Bible does not tell us that, that, that Satan is in hell right now. Um, in, in fact, when Jesus 
was um, delivering a message to the seven churches in in the book of Revelation. As John uh, delivered that book, he had that um, that vision on the island of Patmos. Um, uh, Jesus uh, was speaking there um, to uh, the church in uh, Pergamum. Uh, now, now Pergamum is about 16 miles uh, away from the Aegean Sea. Uh, Pergamum is in Turkey. Um, but, but here's what Jesus said uh, in, in writing to the church in Pergamum. He said, I know where you, uh, where you live, uh, referring to the church there. Um, but then he added this, where Satan has his throne. Now, that's very interesting um, that Jesus would call him out. Um, you know, to me, it's almost like what Jesus is saying is, you can't hide. I mean, I know where you're at. I'm going to tell the world where you're at. I'm going to tell the world where you're thrown in. I'm going to tell the world where you kind of uh, have your, your bunker, you know, just like Saddam Hussein and, and Osama bin Laden, you know, all these terrorists, you know, they have their bunkers that they hide in and they, you know, they call shops and have people working for them. Well, you know, this is what Satan does. He has his, his little bunker, um, and now, has he moved his bunker since then? I mean, only God knows that. But when, when this was delivered, you know, uh, John, the apostle, um, there, uh, he lived uh, to about 93 or 94 uh, years of age. And, and, and so um, John here was, was delivering um, this, this revelation. And it's also interesting there in that chapter that he refers to the days of Antipas, my faithful witness, who was put to death in your city where Satan lives. So he referred to it twice, uh, where Satan has his throne and where Satan lives. Antipas, by the way, was martyred. Uh, he died in 92 AD. Um, and, uh, and so John died in uh, 100 AD. So, so he died before John even, the, the apostle. Antipas there, the faithful witness, uh, was put to death in Pergamum, but here again, Jesus called it out where Satan lived. Now, why is that significant? Well, for, for a number of reasons. On one, it reminds us that Satan can only be in one place at one time. Um, he is a created being. He's not the creator. He, he can't even be compared to God. It's not like you got, well, God is good and Satan is evil, and boy, we don't know who's going to win that one because they're both equal in power. Well, um, God is eternal. Satan uh, is not eternal. Uh, he, he had a beginning. Uh, but he will have no end. Um, you'll be tormented day and night forever and ever. And, and at least at the time when Jesus delivered these churches, and I mean, we could maybe assume that still where he has his throne there in Pergamum. Uh, now, when we say that, we're, we're not saying, son, that he's visible to the to the human eye. So how that works, only God could tell us. How could he have his, his, his throne in that spiritual realm? Well, I mean, angels are operating in this realm every day. We don't see them, but they're operating. Uh, unless they choose to, to reveal themselves, uh, you know. Um, but I, I just think it's so interesting that Jesus called him out. And, and, and I tell you, I, I bet Satan wasn't too, wasn't too happy to see the Apostle John pen those words under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Because it's like, man, I, you know, he, he wants to remain in the shadows. You know, he just wants to try to frighten people and, and terrorize people and use his, his, his power, his supernatural power against people, which he does every day. But I don't think he likes to be... You know, I don't think he likes that you have it brought that close to home where, where people are being seen where he lives. But, but Jesus called him out and, and he said, you know, you guys in the city where Satan lives and where Satan has a throne. Uh, I don't know, so I might necessarily want to want to live in that city. But, uh, you know, the Christians who were there, uh, I mean, you know, Antipas, I mean, he was martyred. 
Um, and, uh, you know, Christians who are there have the same power, you know, protecting them as, as, as we do. Um, and they're always going to be martyrs for the faith. So we don't, we don't know why some get martyred and others don't. But, but uh, it's just really interesting that Pergamum is, is, is where Satan at least had his throne. Um, but, um, you know, the day will come when he will have no throne because he won't have a throne in the lake of burning sulfur. He'll be too busy uh, being tormented day and night, forever and ever. And, and that's because Jesus won the victory at the cross uh, over sin and death and the devil, and he rose from the, from the grave on the third day. And, and so we don't have to be afraid of Satan, uh, but we do need to, to understand his power and, and resist him and, and then you know stand in the Lord because greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. You know, Dan, you've been uh, talking about, well, we've been talking about Satan, and you know, we, we see in the Bible— Jesus, when he was here on earth, you know, we saw him perform miracles. We saw him turn water into wine or read about it, you know, heal, heal the blind, heal the sick, you know, basically walk on water, you know, conquer death. Um, so we, we've seen what, what Jesus can do and we know what they can do. God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the three in one. We know what they're about. We know their power, you know, all powerful, almighty, you know, the creators of the heavens and the earth. Satan, it seems like his main power is to tempt, tempting, you know, Adam and Eve in the garden, tempting Jesus. Mm-hmm. All this can be yours, tempting, tempting, tempting. So right. it seems like he could be a master manipulator, someone that can, you know, get us to do things that we shouldn't do. What else can he do? Is 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 his power beyond that? Is it, is it something that is comparative, although not equal to but does he have power the, the demons do they have these powers because that's the other thing that's kind of depicted in pop culture is you've got you know a spirit being that has these powers to do things you know like the demonic can um you know control forces of nature or they can you know you know have stuff come out of their hands like electricity or something or they can have spells that turn you into something you know so pop culture has kind of this thing that there's all these other supernatural powers that the demonic can do now we've seen what jesus can do in the bible and we've seen what god can do and we've seen what the holy spirit can do we've read about it it's there but the only thing that i really recall is a lot of the focus is on that temptation wanting us to do evil and turn from yeah. God. So is that the yeah. only thing that he can do? Or are there other things that he can do as well that we should be made aware of? Well, I'll tell you, son, I think that is definitely at the top of his list of goals. Um, I mean, sure, he could do a lot of these supernatural things, um, you know, and with, with different elements um, in our in our world. And, and he, he can cause things to happen. And he can, he can cause people to experience you know, great wealth or, or, um, this or that. But, but I think you put your finger on it here. I mean, the things that really seem to motivate him, uh, have to do with his goal. Uh, his top goal seems to be, um, to keep people from knowing Jesus. And, and again, the verse I quoted before, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the glory of the gospel of Christ. So what can Satan do? Well, uh, apparently, he has the power to keep a person blind. Now, he's not all-powerful, um, because the, the Bible says the, the, the message of the gospel is the power of God for the salvation of them who believe. So just like um, in, in the story 
of of Moses and Pharaoh and 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 Aaron, uh, Moses' right hand man, and and and, and how um, you know uh, the God's rod there that Moses and Aaron were dealing with swallowed up. Um, you know the, the rod, the snakes of of the uh, of Pharaoh. Um, the gospel swallows up spiritual blindness. Uh, but but a person needs to hear the message. You know, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard um, through uh, the word of Christ. So Satan is about blinding minds. It, it's like a spell, I would say, son. That Satan has a spell over a person as long as he can get them to continue believing the lie that uh, either there is no God, you know, that'll keep a person away from the gospel, or you have to earn your way to heaven. That's one of Satan's many lies as, as the father of, of lies. Um, you know, God wants to punish you. He doesn't want to save you. Uh, heaven and hell are make-believe, says Satan. They don't exist. Uh, the Bible came from men. It's just been rewritten. You didn't come from God. You can't trust it. Scripture can't be trusted. These are all lies of Satan. Um, uh, here's another lie. Everyone is a child of God, so don't worry about it. Well, I'll tell you, son, the Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible teaches that everyone is created by God, that everyone deserves dignity and respect, that, that, that we all uh, have been created as body, soul, and spirit. But the only way to become a child of God, as compared to what Jesus called those Jews he was talking to when he said, your father is the devil, the only way to become a, a, a child of God is to be born into God's family, or the other image the Bible uses is adopted in. They both mean the same thing, um, uh, to come to faith in Christ. When you're born into the family, adopted in, I mean, you know, here, here you know, biologically and in, in our earthly families, you know, it would be one of those or the other. It wouldn't be both born in and adopted in, uh, you know, uh, but, but when we're talking about the spiritual dynamic here, they, they both point to the same thing. Coming into the family of God, uh, through faith in Christ. And so, so Satan cannot stop that. But what he can do is, is he can work to try to keep a person blind to the gospel. And, and so you, you, you mentioned Adam and Eve. So what, what did he say to Eve in the garden? You know, he, he, he planted a doubt in her mind. You know, well, did God really say, you know, dot, dot, dot. So he got her to doubt whether maybe he got her uh, to, to, not, to not believe what God had really said. And then he lied. And said, no, you're not going to die. You know, if you do that, go on, do it. And, and so he targeted God's, God's children, um, right out of the gate. Um, you know, but, but here's the thing though, son, for a believer. Um, the devil can't make you or I as a believer do anything. First of all, he can't read our mind. Okay. He, he, he can make an educated guess at what we're thinking. Um, he, he, he can hear what we say. Uh, he can look at our life and, and, you know, try to imagine what we might be thinking, but he can't read our minds. He's not inside of us. The Holy Spirit's inside of us. You know, Christ is in you. The Bible says the hope of glory as a believer. So God dwells within us as believers. Satan does not possess us. Now, there are some people that, that demons possess, but demons cannot possess a believer. They can only oppress from the outside a believer. Um, but there are some sad situations, uh, you know, where people actually get possessed by demons and that's a real sad state to be in. But, but even then, you know, Jesus delivered people, the apostles uh, prayed and cast out demons and so forth. But um, I, I would say those are the two biggest things that, that he's doing, son, to answer your question. He's, he's lying about God and about salvation. He's trying to trick people. He's trying to keep them blind. And as far as all these other manifestations of, of magical power and so forth, um, you know, 
he'll he'll use those for his purposes. You know, he'll use those if, let's say, there have been people in a particular village who, who, who for generations have worshipped the gods of their ancestors, and they don't know anything about Jesus, and, and their gods are providing, you know, uh, different things, like there's a witch doctor in the village, and, and maybe they, they experience some healings, or, or, or they, they see this fire that shoots out of a tree, and they're like, man, that's what our God can do. And then a missionary comes and, and shares the gospel. Uh, well, the gospel has the power to swallow up uh, the, the dark lie that that uh, that would worship someone other than Christ. So, so this is what we're called to do as Christians to take the gospel into all the world, and that's what Satan is trying to stop more than anything else. You know, when it comes to psychics and people like that, because we're talking about you know the supernatural and and what Satan's powers are about. Um, when it comes to the supernatural, people will, let's say, go to psychics, I guess, modern-day supernaturalism, and they'll say, oh, the psychic was, was dead on. The psychic knew exactly what was going to happen, got everything right that I was looking for, you know, whatever they do. I've never been to one. I don't mm-hmm. study mm-hmm. them because the Bible specifically says stay away from them, so I'm not going to open myself to that. But I do know that yeah. there is or has been um, people that have professed that the psychics knew everything. Then there's, then there's also other religions where, um, you know, people might engage in activities of worship or something and the supernatural comes, comes out. So yeah. when, when you're dealing with that type of thing, what are you dealing with? Are we dealing with a, de- a demonic, um, possession by maybe the, the psychic or somebody that's offering this stuff up? Are you dealing with power of suggestion? I mean, it's all bad, but is it something that is like really, uh, demonic mm-hmm. force, or is it just you know us kind of yeah. being foolish for going there and then reading into the tea leaves whatever it is you know that we want to see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely dangerous to um, to dabble with the occult. It, it's dangerous to interact with a psychic. It's dangerous to go to a seance. Now, to answer your question, you know, are we dealing with someone who's like possessed by demons? Um, well, in some cases, you know, there are those who have become uh, a medium and they actually channel. Um, you know, other spirits. I mean, you know, years ago there was that, that, that case where there's that, that woman who I believe was channeling this, uh, this being called Ramtha and, and this, this being would, would speak through her. Well, yes. I mean, this happens, uh, where demonic forces actually enter certain people and can actually speak through them. I mean, you know, um, many people who have prayed for people to be, um, delivered from demons have, 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 you know, told stories of how as they've prayed for the individual, um, they, they, they've actually had, you know, demons from within starting to talk to, um, talk to them and, 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 you know, in a very, you know, dark voice and, and so on and so forth. Um, I mean, when demons get inside of a person, you know, that's a very, very terrible uh, condition to be in. But I would say as far as psychics are concerned, um, it, it could be, I suppose, in some cases, Son, they're being given information from uh, from fallen angels without necessarily being uh, possessed by demons. I mean, I, I, I would I would imagine that that uh, you know uh, most psychics may may very well sound actually have you know one or more demons inside of them. But but whether they're inside of them or just giving them the information, it should not surprise us if someone gets information from a psychic that there's really no human way they should, should have that information. To me, it's kind of like this, Son. If a person, let's say, loses a loved one, maybe their grandmother, and then let's say that um, there's a vision at the end of their bed some night, and it's their grandmother, and talking in her voice, 
and, and, and maybe they'd even tried to communicate with their grandmother because they missed her so much. And, and so now there's this vision of her. Um, well, first of all, that's not her. Um, because when the soul leaves the body, it either goes to Hades or to heaven or to paradise. Um, there, there, you know, it, it's not roaming around. Um, so what is that? Well, it's the same thing as the so-called apparitions of Mary. You know, when, when, when people pray to the mother of our Lord and then claim that they had this apparition where they saw Mary. Well, that wasn't Mary. Um, demons can impersonate whoever they want to impersonate visually, um, uh, verbally. Um, they can, and they will do son anything that they think might get a person to pray to the departed rather than to pray to the Lord, to talk to the departed uh, rather than to talk to the risen Lord of the universe. So Satan has all sorts of schemes and tricks um, and, and, and psyches. I mean, I just saw a commercial the other day, uh, you know, and I think it might be out there, uh, you know, where you're at in California. Um, but I mean, you see more and more of these today, these, you know, call this number and talk to this psyche, and they kind of make it look so, you know, peaceful. But, but I'll just say this, a person should be, should be warned that don't think just because psychics can deliver true information in certain cases, that that means somehow it must have come from a good source. Not at all. God does not work through psychics. He works through the gospel. He works through his messengers. Um, God, it says in the Old Testament, does not do anything without revealing his, his, his vision and his will through, through the prophets. Now, in the New Testament, you know, we've got, we've got pastors and teachers, and, and, and we've got, you know, every Christian who can pray to the Lord and as they study the Word of God, be given insight in the Word. But, but um, to turn to a psychic, um, it dishonors the Lord. And not only that, but it opens up the door uh, into that realm where demons can then uh, oppress you. Uh, just like if you were to go to a seance, just like if you were to mess with a Ouija board. Um, I, I mean, you know, I'll, I'll share it again, son, because some listening right now maybe didn't hear it before, but I know, like, for example, when, uh, you know, when my, when my wife was a teenager, um, I, I know that, you know, she, she was hanging around with um, a few friends one day, and, and uh, somebody pulled out a Ouija board. And, and my wife knew enough uh, to know that, you know, hey, we don't want to mess with this. But, you know, she, she just she stayed there uh, while they were starting to dabble with that. Well, anyway, um, it started to spell out some letters. Nobody, none of them were touching the board. I mean, I've never interacted with one. I never will. But, um, you know, apparently these pieces just can, you know, move on their own. And um, so anyway, it, it started to uh, spell out some letters. And um, it spelled out the letters K-I-L-L-T-A-M-M-Y. And, and, and so I'm, I'm thankful that my wife, Tammy, um, when she was a teenager then, um, you know, a certain number of years before we met, um, I'm thankful that there, there wasn't someone in that group who was, you know, possessed or high on drugs or something where they, they acted on that instruction but there's no doubt in my mind, Son, that that was a demonic being that was working through an occultic tool and, and who would have loved to have seen, you know, somebody uh, kill, uh, kill Tammy. You know, um, I believe, uh, what was it, Mark David Chapman, you know, talks about how before he killed John Lennon, he heard voices in his head telling him, do it, do it, do it. Well, you know, Satan can, can whisper things to people. Demons can whisper things to people. And, and so, um, dabbling with a psychic is, is not, not good. Now, if a person has done that, then it's important that they pray 
ask the Lord to forgive them, but also uh, and have you know have a Christian pray with you, or a pastor, and have them just be sure to pray that any of those spiritual doors that were open through that occultic behavior, that those are closed, and, and that anything they allowed in be be removed by the blood of Jesus. You really have to you know clean that mess up. I, I mean, just like we make messes on our foreson, just like sometimes we get a mess in our heart if we allow junk in. Um, you can really make a mess in your soul if you dabble with occultic things. And praying for forgiveness is the key, and God will forgive you instantly. Um, at the same time, you, you should also have prayer just to make sure that there isn't any residual um, uh, or interference from the demonic, because that allows them to oppress you. That gives them um, an opportunity to oppress you it, when you dabble with those things because you open those doors in the spiritual realm. So so this is why, for example, the Bible says, in your anger, do not sin, do not let the sun go down while you're still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Because when you go to bed at night, son, angry at someone, everybody knows this, because everybody's probably done this. You don't sleep well. When you wake up in the morning, you're thinking about that person. Um, your, your, your subconscious was trying to resolve that all night, but, but because you chose not to forgive, you opened up a door in the spiritual realm for the enemy to oppress you. Now, I'm not saying that that is occultic per se, or that that maybe, you know, let's say rises to the level of, 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 of you know, messing with a Ouija board. But I will say this, son, I think that anybody who's holding a grudge, I mean, if you hold that grudge more than a day or so, I mean, the danger that you are in from uh, demonic oppression is every bit as real as if you were messing with a Ouija board. So, uh, I mean, it may not be a cultic per se, but, but there's a big reason why Jesus said, if you don't forgive men their sins, then your Father in Heaven won't forgive you yours. It's not that we earn forgiveness. It's that if we choose to live in hate and unforgiveness, then, then that's the life we're going to experience in this life and beyond. If we choose the path of Satan, which is the path of hate, and unforgiveness, then then you know, that does not bode well for the person who who continues in that without repentance. So these are all things we need to be aware of, uh, you know, as Christians, son. And if a person is not a Christian, just be aware, my friend, that, that your 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 biggest sin, your biggest sin is unbelief, and that's the sin by which Satan is keeping you blind, keeping you captive to him, keeping you under his dominion. And he's not worried about you, you know, doing anything for God. As long as he can keep you in unbelief, then, then you, you know, he's your spiritual father. That's what Jesus taught us uh, about the, the Jewish people. I mean, they were very religious, and, and Satan was their spiritual father. So you may say, well, I'm an atheist. That doesn't apply to me. It most certainly does. Um, well, I just don't believe in anything. Well, that's exactly what Satan wants you to, to do. Because, you know, as long as he can keep you away from Christ, he will keep you bound to him. And, and, and he wants to drag your soul to hell. Don't let him do it, my friend. Turn to Jesus today, and, and he will free you by his blood. But only when you repent and believe the good news that Christ died for you on the cross, rose again, and, and you're saved by grace through faith in him. Why not do that today? You'll be so glad you did. You know, Dan, you mentioned the, the psychic hotline type things that we have out here in California. And, you know, we see a lot of them on TV like you said, it's like this nice, you know, tranquil picture on the yeah. TV and, you know, call us up and we'll let you know. And then, of course, at the bottom, they put for entertainment purposes only. But, you know, a lot of people seek them out, seek out answers because they want answers. And then also you can walk down any street in Hollywood or Los Angeles and you can see, you know, tarot card readings and stuff like that. And now I think it's even more prominent are things that have become 
um, like astrology, you know, astrology where people will look to their sign, you know, their cancer, their Aquarius, their whatever it is that they are. And they'll look to see what it is that that astrology is telling them, you know, what their future is kind of like or what they're supposed to be believing or what they're supposed to be acting like, things like that. And so they'll kind of go to that. And those are kind of the innocent little things, kind of like the subtleties of sitting in the garden saying, you know what? You can, if you eat this, be just as knowledgeable as God. You can be like a God-like person if you do this, the subtleties of it. And I know a lot of people that will sit there and be a part of that astrology type thing, and Mm -hmm. they won't think there's any danger to it. They don't think there's anything wrong with it because, you know, they just think it's, oh, it's just good fun. But but really what it is, it's taking the, I think, in, in my the salvation uh-huh. message of the stars, because we know God created the heavens and the earth. And, you know, obviously right. you look up to heaven and you see these astrological signs up there. You see these astrological f- pictures, so to speak, up there. And I think yeah. if you go through it, and I don't want to get into it too much, but if you go through it, you know, there's a salvation message in the stars, you know. There's a, yeah. a message, a biblical message in the stars. And I think astrology yeah. is just another way for man to take what God intended for good and create for something different. You know, so now yeah. instead of looking yeah. at what the Orion's belt might mean or what Taurus might mean right. or, you know, what some of these right. other you right. know astrological signs might be for the heavens that God created, mm-hmm. you know, they've right. now taken it and they've turned it into meaning all this other stuff and that people will focus on those things. So I think not only is it the danger of getting involved in astrology and believing what it could say mm-hmm. and making us, mm-hmm. you know, direct our actions, but it's also just another yeah. distraction taking away what God created and God intended yeah. for his glory yeah. and kind of bastardizing yeah. it to make it fit, you know, the yeah. things of yeah. this world, the ruler of this world. Well, that, that's exactly right, son. And, you know, Satan is all about, all about the counterfeit. Uh, you know, the Bible speaks about counterfeit miracles that false prophets will, will do and have done in order to uh, deceive people. But Satan gives false prophets the power uh, to do that sort of thing, to try to deceive uh, folks uh, and try to get them to, to, to believe in them. I mean, we, we, we've seen false religions uh, rise up in the past uh, couple centuries. Uh, I mean, major false religions that have brought millions of people. You know, everybody has heard and, and probably had a Jehovah's Witness come to their door or a Mormon come to their door. And, and, and many folks, including some Christians who maybe don't know any better, um, have no idea that, 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 that the doctrines of, of those organizations uh, are counterfeit. They're, they're contrary to the gospel. Uh, both organizations um, reinvent God. They reject the doctrine of the Trinity, which is the true nature of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Both, uh, both of those organizations promote a, a false message rather than the gospel. They teach ultimately that you're saved by grace through faith and, uh, rather than uh, by grace through faith in Christ. Now, what's really deceptive though, you could ask a, a Mormon individual, well, are you saved by faith? And they'll say yes. But here's the thing. Their organization has redefined faith, Son. In the Bible, faith is trust in Christ and his death on the cross. In the Mormon organization, faith is trusting and obedience. So the minute you combine obedience, the way they tried to do in Galatia, uh, and that's why the book of Galatians was written, you know what happens? And Paul told the folks this. You come under a spell. Sound familiar? Um, You come under a spell. And that spell that you're under is the works righteous uh, approach to trying to save yourself because these false prophets that rose up, for example, Joseph Smith with the Mormons, um, they thought that they had a new revelation of truth. 
And, and so what's been going on for the past 200 years with those organizations is they, they, they've been trying to, you know, make it sound like they're Christian in a way, but, but they know that, that they don't worship the Christ of, 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 uh, of historic Christianity. They think they've got a new, fangled, better way uh, of doing it. But these are, it, it's, but, but what I'm really getting at is these messages were delivered to their leaders um, by demonic beings um, who, who deliver the counterfeit. And, and this is what psychics receive. They, they receive a counterfeit message to, uh, to, to deliver to people. Or in some cases, I mean, they receive factual information. Uh, and that, that's the appeal of the psychic. It's not, it, it, it's not that they're, you know, presenting necessarily a path to salvation the way Mormons claim to in Jehovah's Witnesses, but, but the psychic is claiming a path to knowing your future. But, but it's not through God. And like you said, uh, you know, turning to the horoscope um, is, is, is just as wrong because um, God wants us to trust in the one the Bible refers to as the bright morning star, not the stars in the sky. I mean, who but Satan would have come up with such a counterfeit? He'll take what God has created and he'll try and make a God of it. It's like those on who, who pray to uh, Mary and worship Mary. It's a counterfeit. Yes, Mary was a noble woman. Yes, Mary was, it was incredible what God did through her. Yes, we should hold her in high esteem. But no, we should not pray to her. No, we should not view her as a co-redemptor. No, we should not view her the way she has been presented in the Catholic Church, because that is a false doctrine. Nor should you pray to um, departed saints, because praying to the departed, as I wrote about in an article years ago, praying to the departed conjures up fallen angels. Okay, so messing with a Ouija board and going to a seance, praying to the departed, um, you know, uh, talking to a psychic, um, dabbling in false religion, believing the Mormon doctrine, believing the Jehovah's Witness doctrine, uh, believing the false religions that have, have, have come about by demonic spirits. On, uh, who they, they don't present the gospel. They present another means of, of somehow appeasing their God. All of these ultimately were demonically introduced uh, to the lives of some very, in some cases, uh, very gullible people, sometimes very intelligent people, and, 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 then, and Satan will do whatever he can. He'll, he'll find a person's weakness or hatred or pride, and like in the case of Adolf Hitler, he, he will find something and he will maximize it. And then Hitler, who was very fond of the occult, he'll find a way to start entering that person's body. And who knows how many demons possess Adolf Hitler? I mean, we don't even know, son. But I'll tell you what, Adolf Hitler is not in a good place today, um, and nor is anyone who is listening to the lies of the enemy. I mean, this is why the gospel is so critical that, that people come to know that we're not saved by our works. Um, we're not saved by what we do. Um, we are saved by what Jesus did for us. And then faith then produces good works. And so we're not saying that good works aren't important. But, but, we're, but we're saying that what was happening in Galatia, uh, as they were adding, they were saying, well, you're not saved if you don't really, uh, if you're not circumcised. And Paul came along and said, my goodness, you guys are a mess. Um, he said, you know, you, you're under a spell. Yeah, you know, get out from there and, and uh, come back to the gospel. And, and this is what I would say to anyone, son, who's been duped by the false doctrines of the Jehovah's Witnesses, the Mormons, or, or any religion. You know, I mean, there are, you know, thousands, really, of false religions you know, around the world in history, um, but only Christ can save. He's the only way. You quoted it earlier, son. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And ever since he got kicked out of heaven, Satan's been lying about that 
and many other things to try to lead people away from Christ. You know, Dan, we've been talking this past hour about, you know, Satan, what he can do, his capabilities, things like that. Um, and it's important because I don't think people talk about it enough. And then you get the pop culture version of what Satan is. And if you look at the pop culture version, he's not that bad. He's a, he's a good dude. He's a cool dude. Uh, you know, other people might, um, you know, sing about him, talk about him, whatever the case may be. And because, you know, celebrities tend to be trendsetters, other people might want to start believing in things that, you know, celebrities and musicians believe in and so forth. And so it's important to really understand what he's about what it is that he is doing, this purpose. Um, but ultimately, he's defeated. He's defeated, and going, following him is following in defeat. You're going to be defeated. So the, the main thing to, for people to remember is that, you know, Jesus is, like you said, the, only, the, you know, the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through him. That belief, repent of our sins, believing that Jesus died on the cross, resurrected, conquered death, Knowing that it's, it's the faith of a grain of a mustard seed. Knowing that it's not us. It's the gift that God gives to us. Knowing that we can just accept and believe and confess with our mouth and believe in our heart. We will be saved. Those are the important things to take away that Jesus is the way. And if we put a focus on him, just like Peter did when he was walking on water, although our life here on earth might not be as calm and tranquil as we would like it to be. We might have obstacles and things that come our way because this is a sinful fallen world and we have to deal with that. But as long as we keep our eyes on Jesus, we can make that walk. Once we take our eyes off of him, when we start to notice the storm around us, that's when we begin to sink. And then when we cry out again, he's going to pick us back up. And no matter how many times we take our eyes off of Jesus and we start to sink in the stormy waters, we focus back on him, cry out to him. He's going to pick us back up every time, every time without fail. And so it's just that we have to remember that in the end, Jesus is the victor. Satan will be defeated. And Amen. so, you know, we need to, we, so when we make our decision, that's something to consider. Who is it that you want to follow? Yes, son. Yes. And, you know, very quickly, son, you know, I think there are two things that kind of sum up what you just said in a way and what we've been talking about for this past hour. Uh, two lies that Satan tells that very quickly, uh, I think it's important that people realize what one lie that, that Satan will try to say to you, my friend, is that God could never forgive you for that sin. Or if you were really a Christian, you would have never committed that sin. I mean, he'll do anything to condemn you, anything to try to condemn you, to try to criticize you, to try to put you under a spirit of condemnation. Don't believe his lies. Don't listen to him. God loves you. Your sin is not too great to be forgiven. Um, Christ died for your sin. And just run into Christ's arms today, and, and, and you're going to be safe and secure uh, today, tomorrow, forever. And then the second thing is this. Don't believe Satan's lie that you're never going to have victory over that, that, that what some might call your pet sin or your besetting sin or that thing that you find the toughest in your life because maybe you've given into it over and over and over again. Don't believe Satan's lie that you will never have victory over that. Because here's the deal, my friend, when, when Christ died for you, when you accepted him as your savior and trusted in the cross and, and he came to live within you, you were set free from sin. Um, you've become a slave to righteousness. It doesn't mean you're perfect now. Sometimes you still fall back. We all do um, into the wrong way of thinking. Are we given to this or that? Well, uh, the more we grow in Christ, the, the less we do that. Uh, but you've been set free from sin, but you've also been set free um, from Satan, and you have been set free from death, and you've been set free to live for Christ. So you, you no longer have to say, well, I just have a bad temper, or I just have this, or I just have right. You know, 
you are free. You are not bound. You are free. Um, now, um, have some folks pray with you about that, that thing uh, that you're trying to have victory over. Um, you know, visit with, you know, a, a pastor, a Christian friend, somebody that, you know, maybe really who you really trust and, and, and can share that with, um, or at least talk to God about it, you know, obviously, uh, and, and let him know that, Lord, I, I'm, I'm having a real tough time with this thing. And, and you know my heart, Lord, I, I don't want to be, you know, uh, I don't want to be in spare, but if I don't want to be double-minded on this, or one day I'm, you know, okay with it or whatever, um, talk to the Lord. Ask him to create within you a clean heart. Ask him to forgive you. Ask him to just really deliver you from it. But don't believe Satan's lie that you'll never have victory over that sin, okay? Um, don't be, don't give up. You know, if you continue to fall short in that, um, just run into Christ's arms. And, and man, let me just say this. Many Christians have experienced deliverance and freedom from a besetting sin. So so don't believe Satan's lie. And, I, and I'll prove this to you, my friend. You, you know, if you're a Christian, um, you know the sin, the, the, the greater sin than that one that maybe you're doing right now? The greater sin was your sin of unbelief. And guess what? You were delivered from that. Uh, how do I know that? Well, if you're a believer in Jesus, you were delivered from unbelief. So if God can deliver you from unbelief, which he does, because uh, flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. My friend, your other sin you're doing right now, that's less than unbelief, okay? And you're free from it. The chains, you know, have come off, but that doesn't mean you're not still voluntarily running down into the basement to hang out in, in that prison cell. Uh, the door's open. You don't have to hang out in the basement anymore. Come on up to the living room. Stay up there with Jesus. Don't make those choices. Um, you know, live, walk by the spirit, not by the flesh. And then if you do find yourself in the basement, um, you know, the quicker you can get upstairs with the Lord and, and, and be with him, the more peace you're going to have, the more truth you're going to see. And, and, and that obedience then, uh, even in that area, in that tough area for you, obedience will start to follow as God works that in you, as Christ works that in you. Um, because, you know, he who began a good work in you will, will bring it and see it to completion. Dan Delzell with us. As we discuss our weekly conversations, Dan, we thank you so much for joining us, for sharing with us your thoughts and, and your experiences with us. And if someone wants to reach out, maybe find out more about this topic or other topics that we've talked about, how can they find you? Well, you mentioned, Son, I have a lot of articles that have gone on the Christian Post, so they could just Google uh, Dan Delzell, the Christian Post, D-E-L-Z-E-L-L. Uh, if they'd like to reach out to me personally, uh, they could email me at dandelzell at cox.net. Um, and I'd uh, be happy to, to respond uh, to anyone that might like to do that. Or they could also just go to uh, uh, our Redeemer Facebook page here in Papillion, and uh, there, there, there'd be some, uh, some more things there and, and, and videos and things there they could check out. And if you want to reach out to me, you can uh, DM me at uh, Instagram, at Rocks E-I-D-E-M-R-O-C-K-S, E-I-D-E-M-R-O-C-K-S. Uh, Dan, thanks so much. We appreciate it, and we look forward to our next conversation. Oh, I look forward to that as well. Thank you, Son, very much. It was uh, great to be with you again. And for those of you listening, thanks for listening, and do tell a friend. And until next time, God bless.